The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Hallelujah. Be seated. Oh dear. He wants me to do some marketing. I'm so glad to be here tonight and I thank the Lord for the privilege he has given me again one more time to be a blessing at this 2017 Supernatural Convention. I'm so delighted that I can come. I think this is my second time of coming here as the third one. My second time, okay? And that is wonderful. I've been to some places 23 times. Some people from places 25. You know, into the early hours of this morning, I was somewhere on the island and I was talking to a gentleman and his wife. I've been going to their ministry for almost 22 years. I go there twice a year. So in 22 years, I've been there 44 times. So I asked him one day, I said, why are you not tired of me? He said, Baba, we can't be tired of you. See, the more we know you, the more we want to know you. And I say, I'm glad. I believe our journey together here at the Supernatural Conference will be such that the more you know me, the more you want to know me. On this occasion, I'm not able to exert myself to minister to you personally because I've been on for three weeks. Even before three weeks, I was on for about three months, preaching almost every day. But next time when I come, I believe I will be stronger, fresher, and I will be able to do much more. But I know the anointing is transferable and communicable and can always be, you know, transferred to other people to minister. It's so done. When there is a unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, you can always walk in the same spirit. So thank you very much, uh, their president of Kingswood Ministry International. Or what is his name? Is he not president? Founder, president. <laughs> and so on and so forth. And I want to appreciate Pastor Tunde um, Akinyemi. I've not seen your wife. Where has she been? Okay. Bless me. Well, the Bible says God is no more whatsoever a man so <laughs> when you sow to yourself in righteousness, you reap in mercy. And I want to appreciate Pastor Jimmy Tewe. I, I won't call him JT. Because JT can be John Thomas. I will call his full name. So don't weaken any name by shortening it. If you're shortening it, it's ineffective. Abraham and Abraham don't mean the same thing. Okay, so you need to call it the way it is. Look at your neighbor and tell them your name, full name. Okikioluajime. Your full name. Oluakayode. Not K. K means nothing. What does what does K mean? It it sounds like K dwellers. So we have some CDs here. I introduced them in the morning. 
celebrating 60 years on the earth, I was asked by our, you know, our producers to nominate 60 messages that I enjoyed preaching the most. And um, I nominated these 60. So this is not, this is an unusual part. You know, it's one thing for you to, to preach. It's another thing for you to enjoy preaching it. So these are the 60 that I enjoy preaching the most. And in the last 30 years of our ministry, when you go by record of sales, how people have ordered the material, you can read some messages. So we're able to read 30 messages in the last 30 years of our ministry. I have been born again for 37 years, 35 years. I've been preaching and teaching since 1982. But our ministry got registered in 1987. And so since that time, the seed that should nominate or, or select 30 messages. And that is what we have here. This is one of our books, Change God's Agenda for the Next Level. In this book, you find so many beautiful chapters. When is it time to change? One, one time you need to know that it's time to change is when somebody who is over you keeps telling you the same thing about a particular situation. Keep telling you, why are you always coming late? Why are you always coming late? When they keep saying the same thing like that, you know it's time to change. There's a chapter. When is it time to change? Why you must change? Why people resist change? The making of a change agent. Making changing our lives easier. How to make effective personal changes in our lives. How God uses problems to change our lives. How God uses people to change our lives. That is what you find here. This book is so powerful that I want to recommend it to everyone. Handling the storms of life. No matter who you are or how long you've been serving God. How consecrated you are, storms will come. Financial storm, marital storm, emotional storm, mental storm, ministerial storm. Storms are, they have similar conditions or, or similar characteristics. And all you need to know is there are certain principles that will help you survive any storm. In whatever area of your life they show up. Handling the storms of life. Now for some of us. When you look at your life. You think God is slow. You know when you compare yourself to other people. You believe. It seems that God is slow in my case. Uh, there is something God has provided. To correct things. In case you think or believe. Or it seems that God is slow. And that is the principle of divine acceleration. It's a biblical principle. It's something you can look forward to. I preach, many of these messages were preached in so many places. I remember one of them titled Jehovah Recover, Recovery Plan. I preached it in Aberdeen. You know, and it was a, it was a blast. And so many of these messages are preached in various parts of the world. But to bless you, we collated it into a single book, The Blessings of Divine Acceleration. Now, this is a book titled Opportunities Abound Everywhere. I remember some years ago, about 1995 or so. I went to Australia and I went to New Zealand. I went to Papua New Guinea. Then I went to a country known as Nauru. Nauru is just a country of 22,000 people. A whole country. 22,000 people. And you know something peculiar about that country? That's why I see opportunity. More men are in that country than women. Four men will be chasing one girl. Yeah, it is four girls chasing one man. So the opportunity in that place is you can easily get married. I'm thinking of 
going there sometime in future and going with the 747 full of ladies. Because there are men there. You know, so opportunities abound everywhere. I remember I left Nauru and I went to Vanuatu. Vanuatu is just about 78,000 people. The whole country. The whole country. 78,000 people. <laughs> we had a program and we had almost 3,000 people. Wow. I mean, that was a blast. That was like the whole country was shaking. These are countries with probably one or two cities like Jamaica. When you go to Jamaica, there are only two cities. We have Montego Bay and then Kingston. These are the two cities. All other ones are tiny little, you know, like uh, suburbs of uh, some places. So when I got to Vanuatu, the first thing I discovered in that place was also that there were more men than women. I said, ah. But you see, the men, are, they look more like gorillas. That's the only funny thing about it. You know, those Pacific Islands. So opportunities, there is no country that does not have one opportunity or the other. There is no country that does not have their own problems. And there are no countries that don't have opportunity. It depends on how you look at things. God wanted to develop a perspective of seeing things the way they ought to be, not just the way they seem to be to you. Opportunities abound everywhere. Here in this church, there are opportunities. I remember one sister, some years ago, said, there are no good brothers in this church. And every year, we're having marriages. And she was saying, there are no good brothers. There are no good brothers. And I had to call her and say, ah, there are no good brothers, but marriages are happening. Are there enough good brothers in this church? Are there enough good sisters in this church? Okay, I remember some years ago, I traveled with Benson in Ahusa. And we got so I said, how many of you brothers are praying to get married this year? Stand up. They stood up. They said, well, I'm not going to pray for you today. How many of you sisters are waiting to get married this year? Stand up. And they stood up. So I'm going to close my eyes now. The reason why God brought, brought of you to this place, so that you can, he said, so that you can rise, Peter, kill and eat. Man, it looked like it looked like something funny that day, but it's 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 got some people thinking. If God has brought both of you here and your paths have crossed, there is something in it for you. Opportunities abound everywhere. This is the latest book, just got released a few days ago. It's titled Decision Making Made Easy. If there is a book that I have put all my experience and all my effort of reading the Bible over 320 times into this is that book what I have shared here are principles that I've worked on in making decisions and choices over the years you know I think we have about 11 chapters here uh, 11 chapters decision making made easy is the first chapter the place of discernment in decision making how to make right choices Guidelines for making wise decisions, making life transforming choices. Why seek counsel? Who is your counselor? The transforming power of knowing God's will. How to test our decision and choices. How to recognize God's voice. I mean, it's one of the best things you can do for yourself. Recognizing God's voice. Because there are many voices. First Corinthians 14:10. And then the last one says, The choice. Of the wavering crowd. Seven days before Christ went to the cross. The crowd said. Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Seven days after. They said crucify him. What was it that changed? You'll find it in this book. 
It will be a blessing to you. And I believe at the end of the day, God's name will be glorified. I want to share something with you tonight. You know, when I talk about the eagle, I get excited. Because I studied the eagle as a bird for almost 20 years. The book I have written on the eagle is a masterpiece. After I finished writing the book, I went on the internet to look at every other book that had been written on the eagle. And I did not find any that was so comprehensive and detailed in research, in insight, as that book. And so I want to recommend it. I don't know. We don't, I don't think we brought any from Laurie. But if you go on Amazon.com and you type Reverend George Adegui, all the books will come out, about 45 of them. And if you go on iBook and you type Reverend George books, they will also come out. And I know the Eagle Believer is there. And um, if you go on the Rema Chapel Online, which is the website of our ministry, you also find um, the book there. I wanted to get yourself a copy after this. Because it's so, the topic is so wide. I, I can just talk about the eagle's nails. I, I mean, I can just talk about the talon of the eagle. The, the right thumb with which it grips something. I, I can talk so many, I can say so many things about the eagle. The way it feeds. The feeding habit of the eagle. I can preach on it exclusively and on its own. And you'll see many of these things in that book. And a few of the things I'm saying, you'll also find them in that book. Get yourself a copy. Uh, and I know you will never be the same again. All right? Enough of marketing. Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32. Am I right? Yeah. And I want to read <clears throat> from verse 9. And I'm going to read to verse 12. Deuteronomy 32, verse 9 to 12. Deuteronomy 32, verse 9 to 12. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land. And in the waste hallowing wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eyes. As an eagle shared up her nest. Fluttered over her young. Spread aboard her wings. Checked them. Bearing them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. He made him ride upon the high place of the earth, that he might eat the increase of the field. And he made him to suck honey out of the rock, and oil out of the flint rock. You can keep reading, but I'm going to stop there. For a topic tonight, I'll be speaking on the subject, position. For soaring. When you are on the eagle's wing. That is the position. It's a proper position. And I'm going to explain. On eagle's wing. The real meaning of it. Positioned. For soaring. Or let me say it like this. Getting into position. For soaring. 
How can I get into position so that I can soar? So that I can soar like an eagle. How can I get into position? Let us bow our heads. Precious Father God, we rejoice at thy word like a one that have found great spoil. We open our mouth and we pant, longing for your commandment. Satisfy our mouth with good things and renew our youth. Indeed, as the eagle. As the eagle, indeed, as we wait upon you, we pray we will renew our strength and mount up with wings. As eagles, we will run and not grow away. We will walk and not faint. Teach us by the hand of the Holy Spirit. Guide us into your truth. Thy word is truth. Lord God, motivate, challenge us, inspire us. Not just to hear the voice of the human, but also by the divine to understand the things that are spoken. Father God, I hear, I pray tonight that the ears of the people will be listening, their minds will be open and their spirits will be receptive. And at the end of the day, your name will be exalted because there will be a change of position in such a way that we'll be directly in the place where we ought to be to get what you have for us. Thank you for the table prepared. As we dine at that table today, a table of five things, our prayer is that our energy will be renewed, our vision will become more focused, and our lives will become more exciting. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' holy name, we pray. Amen. As a believer, there are at least seven different areas into which your life can be divided as a believer. Seven different areas into which our lives can be divided. Number one, we have spiritual area of our lives. Number two, we have the mental areas of our lives, our thoughts, our thoughts, our thoughts. That is an area of our lives. The way we think. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As man thinketh in his heart, so is he. God knows the thoughts of men. Psalm 94, 11, That they are vain. 1 Corinthians 3, 20, God knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Psalm 94, 11 was the one quoted in 1 Corinthians 3, 20. So we have what we call our mental life. God wants you to bind up to have the mind of Christ. Philippians 2.5 Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. First Peter 1.13 says God wants us to guard up the loins of our minds. Your mind is important. Number three, your emotional life. Your emotions. Fear is an emotion. Love is an expression of an emotion. All of those things. Your emotional life. That's the third area. The fourth area is your financial life. These are all areas of our lives. Financial life. Your financial life. Where you are in terms of what you have, what you possess. Number five, we have what we call our relational life, our relationships. Not just by those who are married, but you all, you all have relationships. No doubt about that. We all have one form, one type of relationship or the other. Number six is what we call our, our career. Our career. 
or what we call our vocational life. There is an area of your life, your career, your vocation. That is an area of your life. Your career, your business. What you do as it were with your life. And then lastly, we have what we call our physical life. Those are seven areas of our lives. Now, as a child of God, in all of these seven areas, every one of us is on one level or another. In every area of your life, you are on one level or another. We are not all on the same level. We are not all on the same level in terms of mental state. Some people have a better control of their mind than other people. In terms of our physical fitness, we are not all on the same level. Some are more sickly than other people. The Bible says in Isaiah 3.24, none of the inhabitants of Zion shall see I'm sick. There are two different levels of health status. That's what we call divine life. That's what we call divine health. That's what we call divine healing. Those are levels. So we are not all on the same level. In our relationships. Some have good marriages. Some have bad marriages. Some have good relationships with their parents. Some have bad relationships with their parents. Some have good relationships with their churches. Some have bad relationships with their churches. In the level of finances. Some of us live on loans. Some of us have excess. Some of us have enough to borrow. Some of us are always lending. So everyone is on a different level. All of us are on one level or another. Every day on our life, things are at one level or another level. If you look at your life candidly and sincerely, you know the level where you are. You know where you are financially. You know where you are. We are spiritual life. We are not on the same level. The fact that we are born again on the same day or we enter ministry on the same day does not mean we are on the same level. Every one of us in various areas, in, in various parts of these seven areas, we are on different levels. While this is so, the level that we are are different. And even out of these seven, some of us are on, probably in your finance, you're on grade A. Emotion, you're on grade F. Mental state, you're on grade B. Even within yourself, you're not on the same level in every one of those areas. Apart from the fact that we all are on different levels in the seven areas, but even within the same person, we are on different levels. There is, however, a provision by God for us as believers to change levels at which we are operating. I will explain that to you, you see. There is a provision. There is a divine provision for you to change levels. No matter what level you are at the beginning of this year, you can change that level. You can alter that level. You know, when we say normal situation, the word level simply means normal situation of things. When we say someone has changed levels, it means the normal situation of things have been altered. There was a time in my life, whenever I buy things, I buy on credit. I pay my rent on credit. Sunday, dear, I, buy my, I bought my fridge, the first fridge I bought, for 180 naira. And I paid for three months. In those days, I could buy a suit and pray gradually. Now, that was a level I was financially. 
But now when I go to buy stuff, I buy cash. And when I buy at times, if there is change left over, I tell the storeman to take it. Now that's a different level. When it comes to spiritual level, there was a time when I fast. By the time it is 2 o'clock, everybody becomes 3 in my front. And when I want to shake them, I shake the wrong person. Because by the time it is 2, I'm still so hungry. But you see, that was a level. But now, you know, it's no longer that level. There was a time in my life when you offend me. I feel always offended. But I got to the point where I allow whatever anybody does, does to me not to get to me. That's another level. So, while all of us are on various levels in all of these seven areas, within ourselves, we are still even on various levels in all of those areas. In the next few minutes, I want to make six points that I wanted to have at the back of your mind. Before I begin to talk about how to position yourself on ego's wings. Number one. The first thing you need to understand is this. That there is no reason why you have to keep operating at the same level you have always operated on. There is no reason why. Being static without growth, without enlargement, without depth. There is no reason for that to be your lot. There is no reason for stagnation. There is no reason for you to be on the same spot in your career, in your relationship, in your finances, in the anointing on your life, in your mental state, in your emotional life. There is no reason for you to be on the same level. No reason. Because there are no provisions to change levels. You don't have to be on the same level. You don't have to remain the same. You don't have to be. You don't have to be today the way it was yesterday. There was a time I used to preach a particular message. And I always, the message was titled, Why Settle for Less? And one of the things I always tell people is, there is no reason for you to settle for this year what you settled for last year. There's no reason why. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 14, for here I have we no continuing city. We seek another to come. Number two thing I want to say is this. There's no re- the first thing is that there's no reason why you have to keep operating on the same level that you have always operated in. Number two, the word of God is full of several examples of people who change levels. People who change levels. Talking about David in 1 Chronicles 11.9, he said David waxed greater and greater. For God was with him. Second Samuel chapter 3 verse 1. He said there was a long war between the house of David and the house of Saul. And the house of Saul waxed worse and worse. Weaker and weaker. But the house of David waxed stronger and stronger. The book of Exodus uh, chapter 9 verse 4. Talking about a man known as Mordecai. He said that Mordecai waxed greater and greater. For God was with him. So it's important for you to know the Bible is full of examples. Hebrews 12, 1 says we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Genesis 26, 13. The word of God tells us about the man known as Isaac. He said he planted in that implanted in a time when it was difficult to expect harvest. He said, but he went forward. He was great until he became very great. So there is nothing like being static. 
nature itself wants you to know that the only permanent thing is change. There's no reason why we have to be of the same level. The Bible is full of examples of people who change levels. Daniel changed level. Joseph changed level. So many people changed levels. Saul changed level. People changed levels. Samuel changed levels. The Bible is full of several people who changed levels. Number four, changing level is a characteristic of the righteous. It is the portion of the righteous to change levels. You know, there are certain things that belong to you. And one of the things that belong to you is changing levels. There is a word that is used to describe the way the eagles fly. And that is the eagle's soar. Soar, the simple definition of soar, links to change levels. To change levels. You are here today, you are there tomorrow, and you keep going and going, and keep going and keep going. So the Bible is full of several people who change levels. But beyond that, changing levels is a characteristic of the righteous. One thing that will let you know that your righteousness is speaking for you is when you are not on the same spot. When you are changing levels. When you are changing levels. Job 17 verse 9. He said the righteous holdeth unto his ways. He that is of a clean hand will grow stronger and stronger. Psalm 84 verse 7. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion as they appear before God. Second Corinthians 3.18 for we all with open faces beholding as the mirror, the glory of God. Progress, movement is an indication that righteousness is paying you. Hosea 10 12 says, So to yourself in righteousness, then reap in mercy. Break up the fallow ground. It is time to seek the Lord. Taking levels is a characteristic of the righteous. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. The part of the righteous is like a shining light, shining how? More and more. Unto the perfect day. Romans 1.17. He says we go from faith to faith. So you can see from glory to glory. From strength to strength. Stronger and stronger. That is to let you know. That is the characteristic of the righteous. If you are righteous. This should be an evidence. Eloquent testimony. To the fact that righteousness is paying you. I'm speaking about changing levels. I mean as a child of God. And as a minister of the gospel. Whenever I stand to minister on a topic, when next I do it, it must be better. When you have an opportunity to do something, as a righteous person, you must get better and better. It must not be that you're on the same spot. Because that's not the plan of God. The plan of God for the righteous is to get better. Your business gets better. Your relationship gets better. Your mental life gets up. Your thoughts get better. Your, your, your relation, your physical being get better. Do you know there's a way in which you can grow older without growing old? Psalm 103 verse 5. He satisfied my mouth with good things and renew my what? Youth as what? Eagle. If you and I are eagles, it means we get better every day. They that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. They shall do what? Mount up. What means the direction in which the righteous go is always up, not down. So, have this at the back of your mind. That's the third point here. The fourth thing is, now changing levels and rising above the usual level is in the plan of God for us as his children. 
It's in God's plan. When we started, we started as children. But the Bible tells us in Ephesians 4.14 that we no longer be children. Tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. First Corinthians 13.11 When I was a child, I spoke a child, I thought like a child, I understood like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. When Christ was born into this world, the Bible says concerning him in Isaiah 9.6 Unto us a child is born. Then it says unto us a son is given. It's in the plan of God for us to change levels. It's part of his plan. So you are not in his plan if you are not changing levels. Any area of your life should not suffer for lack of changing levels. Every area of your life you must be able to see visible progress. You see, whenever I go to a church, I want to hear the kind of testimonies people give. When I go to a church and all the testimonies that people give, and I fasted 15 days, and I prayed 5 hours, that's enough. Talk about how you are fitter, how you are stronger, how you are more healthy physically. Talk about how, let's hear testimony about how you have a better grip over your mind. How you control your anger. How you can love the unlovable. Those are emotional areas of growth. Many times, church of God, we just think church is about spiritual growth. Church is about spiritual growth, mental growth, emotional growth, physical growth, relational growth, financial growth, and growth in career. A church is lopsided. If it's only growing in certain areas, and other areas are not important. I went to a church and I said I was giving an altar call for those who are sick. Three quarters of the church came out. I said this church is not a church, it's a hospital. I told the pastor, I said you need to do something on the health status of these people. I told another church I went, I said okay, how many of you have a problem with your emotional balance? You cannot control your anger. You are fearful. You are worried sick. You have anxiety and concerns. You can't focus easily. Almost everybody in the church stood up. I said, well, this church is emotionally imbalanced. But you see, we must gauge every area of this seven. When we are talking about being who God wants us to be. And that is one thing about your life. Your life must be looked at in all of this ramification. How healthy are you? How mentally strong are you? How emotionally balanced are you? How financially healthy are you? These are the things that make for healthy churches. Because some churches just have one trumpet. They just, the trumpet, prosperity, 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 prosperity. Everybody's prospering, but they are spending it in the hospital. Mentally, you see that they're very fickle. Very fickle. Very, very fickle. Little things destabilize them. Their mental state is very brittle. It's not, it's not strong. It's not fresh. And so, you and I no need to know this. That changing levels is in the plan of God for us. It's in the plan of God for us. It's there for us. The Bible says in Job chapter 8 verse 7. Though your beginning was small, your laughter end should greatly increase. God does not just want you to be receiving blessing all the time. You need to change level from being a receiver of blessing to being a blessing. Because in some churches you go to, all they do is receive blessing. They have not become blessing. Until you become a blessing, you are not yet blessed. Until you become a blessing. 
until you use God's blessing that he has given you for the right purpose, which is being a blessing, you are not yet blessed. God tells us in at least three places. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, 3, he talked about Abraham. He said, and thou shalt be a blessing. Zechariah chapter 8, verse 13, thou shalt be a blessing. Ezekiel 34, 26, thou shalt be a blessing. God wants us to know that in his plan for us, we need to change levels. If all you are is on the receiving end and not on the giving end, you are not yet blessed as you are to be blessed. Because it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to add value to than for you to be added value to. It's more blessed to be a minister than a minister to. God's plan is for us to change levels. But why is it people don't change levels? They are not positioned for it. They are out of position. Until you get into a particular position. I'm going to explain that to you in a minute. You cannot change levels. And there are certain things that have stood in the way of many people. And debat them from experiencing a change of level. A change of level. There are certain things that have stood in our way. I want to look at this tonight. But for the time being, I want to still raise two more points under this general thing called change of level. Levels must change. You must begin to reflect the teachings that you have received and learned and been persuaded of. Paul was writing to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 14. He said, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and have been persuaded of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. When you feed a congregation, you must see the effect of your feeding them. Levels must change. I went to the house of a friend of mine in Maryland. And when I got there, he was kidding his dogs. You know kidding? Not his children, his dogs. He was kidding the dogs. And I said, why are you doing this? He said, you don't know these dogs, sir. He went and opened the wardrobe. All kinds of dog food we are filled there. He said, I feed this dog even better than I feed myself. He said, well, if I have to choose between feeding this dog or feeding myself, I put the dog ahead of myself. He said, I have CCTV cameras over this house. He said, one day, thieves came here. And as the thieves were going from one room to the other, the dog was just following them and walking in the central. In other words, the dog was not reflecting. The dog was not showing forth the benefit that the dog was in particular of. God wanted to change level. Your life must reflect the true nature of what you are fed with. Levels must change. After this conference, spiritually, you change levels. Spiritually, you change levels. Physically, you change levels. Financially, you change levels. Career-wise, you change levels. Emotionally, you change levels. Relationship, you change levels. That is the purpose of a thing like this conference. On eagle's wings, I'm going to explain that to you so that you understand the entire concept of what I'm talking about on on connotes a position. Not by, not under, not beside. On means spot on. The right place, the right point. And many times when you're out of place, many things go wrong. A bone out of joints makes you uncomfortable. A tooth out of place makes you go through pain. Anything out of place makes you go through 
some stuff that you did not plan for. Remember, I'm talking about an eagle's wings. God wants us. It's in the plan of God. Matthew 19, 30. Matthew 20, 16. He said, and the last shall be first. Now, some with the bitter reject shall become the head of the corner. So many years ago, my father looked at me like this. My natural father. And he said to me, he said, there is no family that does not have its own black sheep. He said, when I see a black sheep, I know it. He said, you are a black sheep. You are the black sheep of this family. He said, you are the black sheep. I know a black sheep. So many years have come and gone. You know what has happened? I changed them. When you say, I dig boy, everybody says, is that George? Now what happened? The strong with the builder rejected became the head of the corner. Why? Because levels changed. I remember in those days, my father would praise my brothers, would praise my sisters, say they are passing. And when I come back from school, my position will be higher than my marks. <laughs> you know why you score 6%? In a class of 40 students, your position will be about 37. My position will be higher than my marks. And my father would say, well, I know it, I know it. This is a blessed blackship of the family. But you see, a time came when I said to myself, oh no, I know I'm not the black sheep. I don't know who the black sheep is, but I know I'm not. And I made up a man I was going to change levels. I mean, one of the young, one of the people who came to my birthday told of how him and me were the last two in every exam up till 1971. How many of you had that? Well, those of you who came, you had that. Of who have watched it on YouTube. He said, but in the year 1972, Everything changed. Those of us, it was him and me who used to be 32, 33. Nobody after us. What happened later is that we now became first and second, second and first, first and second, second and first. And nobody was able to come between us first and second until we finished from school. Now what happened? We changed levels. There is a plan of God like that. The fact that probably you have not experienced it or you are hoping to experience it in any area of your life, does not mean there is no plan like that. There is a plan of God like that. Two more points here, before I tie this up here. Another thing you need to understand is, not only is it in the plan of God for us to take levels, taking level is a command. Treat it as a command. It's a command. It's like an order. Psalm 119 verse 1 and 3 said, order my steps in your word. Let no iniquity have dominion over me. Psalm 37 verse 23 the steps of a good man are ordered by God and he delights in his ways. God told Israel when they got to the edge of the Red Sea, Exodus 14 15, he said stop crying. He said go forward. Some of you here, changing levels has become an order. This conference has been put in place as an order. You need to go forward. Go forward with that marriage. Go forward with that business. Go forward with that school. Go forward with that organization. Go forward with building that relationship. Go forward in the strength and power of that anointing. Job said in Job 23 verse 8, I go forward. Hebrews 13 14, he says, Here have we no continuing city we seek another to come. You need to know that, you know, checking level is not just in the plan of God. It's an order. 
receive, I pray you, the law from his mouth. I remember years ago after I finished my master's degree, I was pursuing a PhD. And God said, that's enough. Go and start the ministry that I've called you to do. Many of us have received ministries here. But the problem is, you have not gone forward with it. You are still on that level of, of talking about the ministry. Instead of doing the ministry. You are still at the level of describing how your body shook when God told you the calling. You know, you have not taken the step of faith. Faith is a doing word. Peter said, if it is you, tell me to come. He said, come. He stepped out and started working on the water. Well, don't talk about the fact that he, he eventually he tried to drown. But when Jesus lifted him out, he didn't carry him on his shoulder. He walked back into the boat. That is to let you know, not only is it the plan of God, but receive as a command. Know that what this conference is saying is, you have circled the mountain long enough. You've talked about it. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. There is a man in our church in the morning. I spoke to him last Sunday. He said, I've been trying to start. Start what? Start ministry. How many years now? Ten years. He's been trying to. Trying to. I told him, I said, don't come to this church again. You have had enough of you. Just go somewhere and let us hear that you are doing something. Don't just be saying, yes, preach it. You be the preacher. I have to tell him. I was very angry with him. Every time he's telling his plan, hey, I'm looking for a house. Sir. Hey, I'm planning for the choir. Look, listen. I'm tired. All talk. No action. The doing is the thing. Put away all filthiness and superfluity of judgment and receive with weakness the graphic word which is able to save your souls. James 1.21 verse 22 says, But be ye doers and not hearers only. Receiving your own self. John 13, 17, if you know these things, happy are you if and when you do that. Romans 2, 13 is not the hearer of the law that is justified, but the doers of it. The doers of it. Philippians 4, 9, the things you have learned, you have received, you have heard and seen in me. Do! And the God of peace shall be with you. Stop caressing the vision. Stop caressing the dream. Stop caressing the idea. Put feet to it. Give a special to it. Start it. Start small and think big. Start from where you are. Everything great started this one way. Don't you begin once more. Begin that clothing line. Begin that company. Begin putting those ideas in the way you plan to put it. In our church, in the Lord, we encourage people to be entrepreneurs. Stop looking for work. Become a creator. We have younger boys and girls who are millionaires. You are not millionaires when they came to our church. Because when they came, and we told them, you are more than whatever anybody has described you to be. You have something in you that God has given you. Everybody's got a gift that you can use to make room for yourself. God has given us something that you and I can use to get to the place where God has got in mind for us. So, look at it here. Now, checking level is a command. Then finally, the word of God is also full of people who express great desire to change levels. The woman called Hannah in 1 Samuel, chapter number 1, verse 9 to 18, she expressed desire to change levels. 
The word of God is full of people who had desires. Psalm 145 has 16. He opens his hand and fulfills the desires of the living. Psalm 145 has 13. He opens his hand and fulfills the desires of them that fear him. So the Bible is full of people who express desire. There was a man in Mark 10, 17. He saw Jesus from far. He ran to him. He knelt down. He said, good master, what good thing can I do that I may inherit everlasting life? Jesus told him seven things. The man said, I've been doing it from my youth. Then Jesus looked at him, verse 21, loved him, and said to him, go and sell all what you have. Give to the poor, then come take your cross and follow me. The Bible said the man went away sorrow. The blessing of the Lord make it rich. I don't know sorrow. You know why blessings bring sorrow? When you're not ready to do with the blessings, what God's instruction is that you should do with it. The Bible is full of people who expressed changing levels. They, they expressed desire to change levels. In the prison in Acts 16, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and they sang praise unto God. Suddenly there was an earthquake and the very foundation of the building was shaking. The Bible tells us, what did the jailer do? He says, Sash, what must I do to be saved? Nicodemus expressed desire to change levels. He went to Jesus at night. I've seen people who desire to change levels. But the problem is, most of the time, we are not in a position. We have not put ourselves in a position where the levels can be changed. Be it financial, marital, emotional. Changing levels is in the plan of God. It's a characteristic of the righteous. Changing levels is something you'll find happen to people before you. And God is no respecter of persons. Romans 10, 12, there's no difference between the Jews and the Greeks. For the same Lord over all is to all that call upon his name. In those days, growing up in the ministry, I would go to Kenetheki Gamex. I would see young men and women preach, teach with such accuracy and definitiveness and carry an anointing of grace. And I said to myself, I can do this too. I can do this too. Now, it's not just enough for me to say I can do it. I have to get to a position for it to be easily done. Now, listen to me very carefully. We are talking about eagle's wings. There are two things about the eagle that you need to understand. When the eagle wants to lay its eggs to hatch its young ones, it goes to a very high point. On the ledge of a rock or a cliff. Locating, locating a particular height. And then it lays its egg at that height. That is what the eagle does. Location is important. That's why I call position. Positioned. You know, in order to show. From the first, from get go. The eagle does not lay its egg on the ground. It does not lay its egg on the branch of a small tree. It does not lay its egg on the, on, on, the, on the top of an acacia. It goes to the rock. The rock. A very high rock. Positionally. And it laid its eggs there. That's number one. You need to. Number two. When the eagle wants to lay its egg, not only does he lay its egg on a high rock, a high place, but the eagle builds a complete nest. The nest that the eagle builds is an important nest. 
of all the birds of the air, it is only the eagle that build a complete nest with several different layers. All other birds have like four layers, five layers, six layers. But the eagle is the only one that builds seven layer nest. Why? You understand in a minute. You will understand what I'm saying in a minute. So he built, he locates a very high place. That's where he builds his nest. And then he built a nest in mind for the intention that the eagle may fly. How does he build it? Now, I can't go into the details, but I will try and explain a few things here. The eagles construct her nests. First layer, the eagle will put sticks and thorns and jagged stones at the bottom of the nest. All of these have spiritual connotation, but I don't have time to explain them. Then after that, after all that, after all manner of sharp objects, then the eagle lays things like straw, leaves on top of that. Then after that, the eagle now lay cotton, wool, hair, and feathers of various animals on top of that. The animal she has killed. And then after that, the eagle will now lay a fat-like substance on the place so that the place is very comfortable on top. Very soft on top. Now what? Why is the eagle doing that? You'll understand in a minute. Then the eagle will lay its eggs. About two or three of them. Lay its eggs. About two or three of them. At times some other eagles do more than that. But they lay their eggs. There. Now once the eagle put its egg there. The eagle now come to incubate the egg. Or eggs. The eagle mother usually. But the father also help. All the father needs to do is just sleep on it. To create Warmth so that the little eaglets can develop. Then eventually the eaglet is hatched. Now listen to me carefully. One of the things that the mother eagle and the father eagle does. Is to make sure they thoroughly feed. Thoroughly feed the eaglet. They go and kill fresh things. Fresh things. Rats. Rabbits, fish, whatever you can think. But it is always killed fresh. Omoyo. A la carte. The eagle does not eat leftovers. The eagle is not like the hyena or the vulture. The eagle kill what it wants. And in the beginning, the baby eagle does not open his eyes. All he does is open the mouth. And the, eagle, and the eaglet's parents come and throw food in. Throw food in. The eaglet is really well fed. Now, something now happens. As they are feeding the eagle, the eagle begins to grow in body. The body becomes round, rotund, soft. And because of the cushion, the eagle, this is something I saw like this. I, I had to go and look at it. Because when God's word compared us to eagle, I wanted to get to the bottom of the facts. So when the eagle now begins to feed the eaglet, 
Ziegler begins to grow. Close his eyes. Trusting the parents, throwing things, worms, fish, whatever, rats, whatever, all those things, just throw it in. And then the eagle's body begins to expand. But you see, the eagle is not known for the size of its body. The eagle is known for the size of its wings and its ability to fly. So as the body is expanding, the mother and the father eagle, they are alarmed. Because with that size of a body, the eagle will not be able to fly. So what do they do? Then they change level. The first level is that of feeding. Feed you, feed you, feed you. At times your man of God will feed you. But the time comes when he begins to give you assignments. He begins to deal with you roughly. Begins to shake you. Begins to post you around. Why? He wants you to change levels. You are growing your body. You are not growing your wings. It is your wings that are supposed to be known for. So what does the what now does the mother eagle do? Now go back to Deuteronomy 32. I will explain now. This is what he does. Verse 11. As the eagle stared up and nest. You know when the eagle was building the nest, the eagle had in mind what that nest was going to serve in future. Not just what that nest was going to serve in the present. And so what does the eagle do? The eagle now puts his talons into the nest and tears it. Revealing the jagged part. The little bones, the stones, the sticks. And those things begin to poke the body of the baby eagle, which is now round and well built up. That is what it said when it said, as the eagle tear it up her nest. As the eagle is doing that, making the nest uncomfortable, the mother eagle will not stand before the baby eagle. You know, the baby eagle have been having issues. Every place is uncomfortable. The place where it used to be secure, the place where it used to be beautiful, soft, succulent, accepted, sweet, suddenly it's becoming uncomfortable. So the mother eagle will not come with his long feathers and slap it. Bam! And stand before it and say, This is how you are supposed to do. Fluttered over her young. Look at that again. Look at that. Has he goes shared over her nest? Fluttered over her young. It will take the long hand and beat the baby eagle. And stand before it like this. Look at me. Look at me. You have been eating and closing your eyes. This is how you are supposed to be. This is how you are supposed to be. And we begin to beat it. Beat it. Beat it. So the little eagle begins to wonder what is happening. My father in law used to be very gentle, loving, caring. So lays harsh. Speaking to me anyhow. Talking to me anyhow. You know what? Levels have changed. As he begins to do that, because the eaglet is in, I mean, the mother eagle is interested in the eaglet learning to fly. It destroys the nest, making it an insecure place to be. Then it fluttered over her young. Fluttered over her young. Beat the eagle. Beat the eagle. Then at times, he will do this in front of the eagle. Do this. If I saw this thing, I stopped and looked at mother nature. God has put so much into nature. He fluttered. Beat it. Beat it. Like this. And then he will spread her wings. And the little eagle, because underneath, is not comfortable. And above, he's been beaten. Mother eagle now spread his. Then you know what happens? The little eagle jump out. And stays on the eagle's wings. 
That is the beginning of the next thing. The position has to change. You need to come out of the cocoon. You need to come out from that little nest where it has been. That's what he's saying here. As the eaglet shared it over nest, fluttered over young, spread it abroad her wings, and take it them. So the little eaglet we now ah, ah, we now hop on the wings. Ah, ah. For the first time, it's going to turn it out. And the mother eaglet will go up, go up, go up. When it gets up, it will shake the little eaglet up. With a big body, it will be dropping like a stone. But you see, as it is dropping, it now begins to do this. Trying to catch the wind. Trying to catch the wind. Exercise makes the little eaglet begin to develop her wing. When the little eaglet is about to hit the rock, the mother dives on and picks it up again. And takes it up. Takes it up. Takes it up. Takes it up. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. When he's almost feeling comfortable, he shakes it out again. And that exercise is repeated again and again and again. The effort is to transfer the weight of the body to growing wings. But until you position yourself on that wings, you are not an eagle. You're just like any other bird. The place that he chose and the nest that he built are all intended to make your training something that will give you ability to fly. He does that repeatedly. And on a day, he takes you back to the comfort of your nest. By this time, your body weight begins to reduce. And your wings begins to grow. The next time, he takes you again as a baby eagle. Beat you, beat you. In fact, nobody tells you before you hop on the wing. He carries you up and goes and goes and goes. Drop you up again. This time it's easier. You understand? Flap their wings. Flap their wings. Flap their wings. And then catches you again. Now he keeps catching you because he loves you. But if he notices that you're not willing to fly, the day will come when the mother eagle, with the last effort, will fly up Drop you and fly away. For the eagle is either you learn to fly or you die. So being positioned on the wings is the last stage of your training. For you to be able to fly. But not many people get on the wings. 15 years later you still see some eagles with fat bodies. Sitting with their spiritual feet in the bottle. They have sold the one made of plastic they are both one made of metal. Because they want to remain babies forever. One lady came to me some few weeks ago. I came back on this trip. Here's daddy. Uh, yeah. She have not asked after me. I said, how long have you been in church? 18 years. I said, get out of my side. Get out. Get out of my side. If the battle we gave to you 18 years ago, you have refused to return it. The new people that are coming to church that we need the battle for, you have not returned the one we gave you. So on eagle wing. How can I therefore get on eagle's wing? So that I can begin to fly. You are not made to just be feeding on your body 
you are made to transfer that energy to grow in your wings. And when the eagle knows that this eaglet is not willing to get into position on the wings and begin to fly, finally one day, the mother eagle just goes up, 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 and with a shriek of regret, drops the eagle and flies away. And so that little rascal comes and crash and scatter in peace. As an eagle, that is what it takes. That is what the scripture is talking about. He says, so the Lord did. Look at that again. As an eagle, share it up at nest, flutter over a young, spread forth her wings, and take them, he said, bear them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him. And there was no strange God with him. So, what are those things that I need to do to get into position for me to soar? Now, for the eagles that learn how to hop on wings and it takes them up, when they discover that they, have, they are now beginning to you know, fly, then the eagle will, t- will encourage them to fly by its side. So side by side, you see them as they train. Six of them at times. Nine of them at times. As the mother eagle begins to train them, all the eagles in that area, because mothers take turn to train children of other eagles, just to make sure that they are perpetuated. There are about 100 species of eagles in the world. Golden eagle and all that, green eagle. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there are so many eagles. Fish eagle, so many eagles. Eagles that eat only fish, so many of them. So the mother will now keep training it, keep training it, keep training it, keep training it. And the day comes when the eaglet decides to go on its own. Because it has been taught, it has been fed. It now knows the rope. It now knows the way. And then the circle begins for that baby eagle who has now become a mother eagle or a father eagle. How and what do I need to get into position? In order for me to soar. The flight pattern, the word that is used to describe the flight pattern of the eagle is the word soar. So, what are those things I need for me to soar? I'm going to give you about seven or eight or nine, depending on how many I can get you in the next 40 minutes or so. Because you need to get this. Have you gotten it as far as I've gotten to now? You need to change levels. That level that needs to be changed this is the reason for this place. You now have to get out of the nest on the wings. You need to get out of the nest on the wings. The wing is the place where you belong. But what are those things that make people get out of the nest into and on the wings? Because the future is on the wings. First of all on top and then beside and then you can go. First of all on top then beside, you fly together. At the time they begin to do, your mother eagle will just be flying and will be encouraging them to do acrobatic displays. You see them go up, third, begin to come down and dive up again. And the mother eagle will just be around, watching them do all those acrobatic displays, developing their wings, developing, because the eagle's wing is laid up in about six layers, six different layers. Each of the layers is like the wing of an aeroplane. If you see the wing of an aeroplane, you discover it's not just one piece. You see it in, in, in levels. The same thing 
with the eagle's feathers. They are in stages, about six different levels. One, two, three, four. They use those things for various things. When they want to carry an animal, when they want to fly up, when they want to come down, they know how to clasp the wings among themselves. If I am going to therefore be positioned to show up, what are the things that I need? Quickly, let's get going with a few of them here. The first thing that you require, if you are going to change levels, the first characteristics that you need, if you are going, as it were, to be able to appraise in a high, in a high way. One who appreciate, Pastor May. Welcome, welcome. The first thing you need is that you are not likely going to sow up except you are hungry for the next level. Spiritual hunger. Spiritual hunger. You need to be hungry for the next level. Many people are satisfied and comfortable with where they are and what they have done. Hunger for something better, greater, higher is a stimulus for sure. I see pastors who are not hungry. Pastors who are complacent, laid back, like a basic. I remember one of our pastors in those days. When we say, how is the church? Is it about food? You want to show up? Is it not more than food? Hunger! Matthew 5, 6, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. I like that song that says, Oh Lord, I long for you. I long to be in your presence. My soul will wait. Hunger. Psalm 42 verse 1. As a heart panted after the water brooks, so pant my soul after thee, O Lord. Psalm 119 verse 131. He said, I opened my mouth and I pant. For I long for your commandment. Ah, you must desire something greater, higher. It's, it's a stimulus for soaring. Dissatisfaction of the status quo is an important ingredient for soaring. A man of God by the name of Sutukuzot, they asked him, they said, when are you satisfied? When really are you satisfied in life? He said, I am satisfied only when I am dissatisfied. If you are satisfied with the people you have, God does not need to give you more. Anybody who is satisfied does not have a reason to feed. You can't get into position for the next level. You must be dissatisfied as the kind of person you are. You must be dissatisfied with your career level. You must be satisfied, dissatisfied with the places you have touched. I was telling someone recently, I said, if the reason why we are in ministry is because we want money. Now all my children are finished from the university. I have houses all over the world. I have things that make life comfortable. I will have lost the passion to do what I'm doing. But it's more than all that. The body is more than food. Life is more than raiment. Making a life is not the same thing as making a living. You need to make your life count and stop counting the days. When you go to a church and you see hungry people. Hungry people. They are ready to go to any extent. They are ready to do anything. No matter what it's going to cost them. No matter what it's going to cost them. 
They go to any extent. I know ministers that when I go to their ministry, they leave their houses and they come and sleep in my sitting room in the hotel. I have to beg them, go to your house. Say, ah, Reverend you are here. How's it going? When I check out of the hotel, three days later, they are still sleeping on my bed. So we are not going to go. Let into the night, they are there. Those sort of people, by the time I hear of them, they have taken them. They have gotten into position on the eagle's wings. The position to be for the next level is on the not in the comfort of your nest. When your church returns to what it was after a convention, you have not changed levels. You say, well, well, the convention is over, everything is back to normal. That's an abnormal situation. If after the convention, everything is back to normal. If after a conference like this, he earns such a word, you go back to being who you were. Number two. The second thing you need to get into position, stop oversubscribing to traditional beliefs. Oversubscribing. Ah, churches don't grow here. Oh. That's a traditional belief. Ah, a single person cannot do ministry. Oh. Traditional belief. Ah, I'm going to get ready new. Those are traditional beliefs. Ah, I'm a black man. How can I succeed in that industry? I was talking to my son-in-law before I came here. He said today was their Christmas party. You know, my son-in-law is just a very, very intelligent young man. Very intelligent young man. When he finished from the university, he made talk class. I didn't even know that he was going to be my son-in-law. I told him, I said, from who I know you to be, talk class is not your definition. I said, you did Lori made a mistake. I said, you will live a life to prove that was a mistake. Because people think, oh, somebody went to a class. He can never achieve anything in life. This boy went to the United Kingdom. ACCA. He passed it in record time. After he finished, he took up a master's degree. Got a decision. After he did it, I told him, I said, listen, for you to really be qualified as a chartered accountant, do the qualified exam for Canada. They call it, I think, CPOs. I don't know what he, he did that one in six months in my sitting room. He was not even cutting my daughter then. So there was no special grace. He qualified. I told him again, I said, come back to Nigeria. The SCCA of Nigeria, SCA, do it. He did it. He chattered in Nigeria, chattered in England, chattered in Canada. He was talking to me a few minutes ago. He said, they just had their Christian Christmas party. He said, and there were about 1,500 people. I said in your department, how many of you? He said, we are 175 and I'm the only black person. He said, for me to get to that department, they wondered what I did to get there. But this is because he did not accept traditional stuff. So I was oversubscribed. Ah, I'm a woman. Ah, you know, we women, we are, we are kineo, we are soft, oh, eh, I'm from a village. Look at what Gideon said. I'm the last in my family. My family is poor. Look at what Saul said. I'm this and that. Your family background have nothing to do with it. Whether you are the firstborn or the lastborn, have nothing to do with it. If you are going to get into position, stop subscribing to traditional beliefs. Ah, churches don't grow here. Ah, churches don't grow. Eh? Churches don't grow. I remember when I told one man in Eloni, God has called me to go to the nations of the earth. He says, You from Eloni here. 
from Elon here. I said, yes. He doubted me. He laughed. He dropped on the ground. Laughing. He was laughing me to scorn. About three years ago, he came to my house. He said, I made a mistake about you. That was now my turn to laugh. He that laughs, laughs, laughs. Stop oversubscribing. Stop oversubscribing. You can blaze a trail. You can chart a course. You can be the defining thing. You can stand out. You can be the standard. You can be someone to look up to. No matter what your background is. Diverse people can have a great ministry. Failures in the past can recover from failure. Whoever told you that your age or your sex or your lack of education or having no education at all is an impediment to you flying on eagles. People like Richard Branson have let us know that degree is not everything it takes to make money. Men, if you go to university, what do you have to show for it? B.A. Yoruba. What's that for? What can you do with that? So, number two, to get into position, stop subscribing to traditional beliefs. Ah, that is the way we have always done it. There is always a better way of doing things. You need to believe in God who believes in you. You are his battle axe. You are his weapon of war. You are his apple, the apple of his eyes. You are flesh of his flesh. You are bone of his bone. By you, through you, and in you. God wants to smite. God wants to get things done. I remember when God called me to take his word to the nations. One day I had a privilege to speak in a church in England, in UK, known as Ictus. I-C-H-T-U-S. The late founder of that fellowship was called Roger Foster. And they invited me to speak. When I was introduced, these are thousands of people, about 15,000. The whole place was whitened. I remember how I looked in those days. I just carried my Bible. She was going to preach right now. When I started preaching, I could see them looking like that. By the time I spoke for 50 minutes, I, could I spoke for 30 minutes. I spoke for 45 minutes. But what happened after the service was so important. A woman who was a bank manager came to me and said, you see, some of us allow ourselves to be intimidated for nothing. You have this belief. Me, that make a lawyer. The stuff with the builder rejects can become the head of the corner. You know what you're doing? Getting into position. Where? On the eagle's wing. You see, you have the privilege to start at the very top. On the eagle's wings. You have the privilege to start at the ceiling, not at the foundation. On the eagle's wings. You have an opportunity to stand on the shoulder of a giant. So you can see far. You can see far. That is why you need to be part of a ministry that is shaking the nations. A ministry that understands what it is to impact the world. This woman stepped out. She was crying. A white woman. She said, can I see you, sir? I said, yes. He said, I am highly prejudiced about black people. And I'm prejudiced about Nigerians especially. He said, when I learned that you are coming, I said, here come another con artist. Here come another con man from Nigeria. He said, so when you started speaking, he said, I was skeptical. I never expected anything. He said, as a bank manager, when any Nigerian comes to open an account, 
in my bank and make it impossible. I ask for things they cannot offer. I make it impossible. And there is no single account in my branch that is owned by a Nigerian. He said, but tonight, when you are speaking, he said, I can hear the Lord say to me, what about this Nigerian? What about this Nigerian? He said, I stood there. I was flabbergasted. He said, I have never had anybody white or color, whatever their color, speak the way you spoke. He said, he said, I believe in you. He said, God told me that I should bring my white head for you to put your black hand on it. So that you can cast out of me the spirit of prejudice. That he said, you have proven to me that something good can come out of Nigeria. See, I never believed that something like that was possible. But you know, it took me believing in God who believes in me for me to take on the challenge of going to the nations. Because out there, you can easily be terrorized by the faces of the people. But God told Ezekiel, be not afraid of their faces. Jeremiah said, I'm a child. Say, don't call yourself a child. Some of you are, look at yourself and say, I'm a child. Some of you say, I'm poor. My family is poor. My brother is poor. I remember when I told Reverend Victor, I said, should we go to the nations of the world? See, Baba, would I know? To put Lewa, Ninkaka. And Ninkaka, he said, there's nothing. When I told him, you are going to pass the church, I said, ah. I said, let me look for a job. I said, no, you don't need a job. I said, this is more than a job. This is working for the king of kings and the lord of lords. I said, you need to believe in God who believes in you. Now he's going all over the nations. I remember one day their father came to the house. You know, when we were starting out and their father, he said, Reverend George, Reverend George, stop brainwashing these children. And I said, daddy, everybody needs a brainwash. It depends on what you wash your brain with. Everybody needs a brainwash. So the second point is over subscription to traditional beliefs. Traditional self-limiting beliefs. You are not in position if you believe all those nonsense. Can good thing come out of a learning? Yes. Can uh, an individual come out of a learning and impart the world? Yes. From your family, no matter how poor you are, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. Does not matter anymore. Get into position. Look at this. Say, get into position. Say, get into position. Say, I get into position. Say, I get into position. My God, my God, my God, my God. You know, the point is this getting into position does so. God told me, He said, just speak the word. I will be the one confirming the word. He said, you don't have any business confirming the word. You speak the word. I remember the years ago, I laid hands on somebody. After three days, he saw me. He said, I'm not healed yet. I said, the Bible did not say I should heal you. The Bible said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I said, go and recover. Go and recover. That's for you to do. It's not for me to do. Go and recover. I saw him a week after. I said, how are you? He said, I'm fine. I said, huh. He wanted me to be recovering him. There's no place in the Bible that tells me to recover you. Number three. For you to get into position. For you to get into position. To show her. Discover your purpose in life. And apply yourself to it. Why am I in this world? There are two days. That are important in the life of everybody. The day you come to the world. And the day you discover. Why you are in this world. 
and then apply yourself to it. Many of us are doing many things. Only one thing is needful. You are troubled and careful about many things. You have so many things on your plate. You don't need everything on your plate to make it in life. I don't have many talents, but the little one I have, I have applied myself to it. I don't have many little I mean, I remember in those days when I was growing up, I could play sport, I could play football, I played for the junior team of Water Corporation in Lorry in those days. You were the prime team. I represented Quara in 1973 at the sports festival, national sports festival, first national sports festival, second national sports festival. In the, in the first, first there, I represented them in the long jump. In the second one, I represented them in the high jump. I played soccer. But there came a time after I got saved. I said, God, why did you save me? Why did you make me the way I made you made me? You see, there are three things about my life. Number one, when God was making me, there was something in his mind. Before I formed you, I knew you. Before I brought you forth, I ordained you. Some of you don't have the business going to school. You know what you should be doing? Beauty parade. That is the gift you have. There's not much inside the head. Your talent is a physical talent. You look good. You have good hair. You have good teeth. You have good body. What are you going to do? BSc political science for? You don't need it. Look at the Venus Williams sisters. From the age of 13, 14. Gillette Sport went and covered them when they were still babies. The father left what he was doing. He saw those little girls and started growing them. They never had to pursue a degree. He started growing them. Look at what those little girls have become today. How many degrees? If they want to go to the school and have the degree now, they can go. But they did it while it was still day. Remember now, your Lord in the days of your, your creator, in the days of your youth. What is my purpose in life? The purpose simply means the reason for the making of something. There is something in God's mind. When God was designing, God told me, he said, I put that extra intelligence in you, even when you are not saved, because of my purpose for your life. I don't have many talents. I tell people I'm not all that very beautiful or handsome. But by the time I quote a lot of scriptures, you will clear the way for me. When I came to my wife, she looked at me, I was like a disaster going somewhere to explode. But by the time I quoted scriptures, <laughs> discover your purpose in life and apply yourself to it. If you can sow, there was a boy, I was watching CNN one day, I saw a Nigerian boy who was being focused on because he tied gele for people. Tying gele. When you hear Versace, those are tailors. Tailor! Tailor! T.M. Lewin, tailor. House and Cottage, tailor. Or Sirid, these were tailors. There is dignity in labor if you know that's your gift. Some of you are good at decoration. And you are going to the university to read international relations. That is from Visa. No, none to God from the very foundation of the world are all his words. Tap your neighbor and say, get into position. Discover the reason God made you. Get to know what your giftings are. Get to know what your giftings are and apply yourself to it.
I'm not good at business. Whenever I do business, people dupe me. One man dupe me hundred million. Dupe me without even telling lies. It was so easy to dupe me. But if it is Bible, he wouldn't have been able to dupe me. But he dupe me. So, get into position because of time. I'll just give you a little bit more here. Another reason, another thing that you need to show up is that you need wise relationships. Wise relationships. Wise relationships. On wise relationship, we'll always get you in the way of our soaring. Relationship is one of God's provision for us to get things done. It was in the original plan. It is not good that a man be alone. You need to connect. I have a message. Seven different kind of friends. Every one of us needs. Seven different kind of friends. Every man needs. Seven different kind of friends. Every woman needs. Seven different kind of friends. Every minister needs. It is in the original plan of God. We need wise relationships. It was emphasized by Solomon. Ecclesiastes 4.9. Two are better than one. For they have a better reward for their labor. It was appreciated by Christ. He had the apostles with him. That they may be with him. And that he may send them out. In Luke 10.1. The Bible said. He sent them two and two by two. Before his face. You need wise relationships. As a pastor of a church. Your ministry is not enough to grow the church. No matter what you are called to, no matter the anointing you have, no matter the graces you have, your anointing and calling is not enough to get the church built. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You need to exist in relationships. Psalm 68 verse 6. God set up the solitary families. We need relationships. So that you can get into position. You need, you need certain friends in your life. You know one kind of friend that we all need? I call him a disturber. Somebody that keeps challenging you. Somebody you cannot impress with whatever you have done. I have that kind of a man in Lillory. After this birthday program. He said, okay, you remember you are going to build. I just finished on Sunday. By Sunday night, he was in my house. He said, good evening, sir. When I saw him, my, 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 I was angry. I said, here come the disturber. I said, hope nothing. He said, when you see me, you know there is. I said, I said in English, I'm like, come down. I mean, come down peaceably unto thy servant. He said, yeah, I come peaceably. He said, what I've just come to tell you is you need to begin to plan for next year. I said, we have not even finished this year. He said, yes, because if we wait until the year is over, it may be too late to plan. He gave me a long list, 12 things. I said, thank you, sir. <laughs> Yesterday morning, he called me again. Have you gone through it, sir? I said, I will read it. Today, he called me again. You need a disturber. Somebody was not impressed with where you are. Tell your neighbor, get into position. Say it again. Get into position. That man put me on my toes. Great, graceful old fella. I led him to Christ myself. 
but it's like a poke in my side. It's like a poke. You keep poking me. After we build our sanctuary, big sanctuary that can take 5,000 people. He came to me and said, don't forget the 25,000 people. Sanctuary. I said, I've just finished this one now. He said, don't forget that one. He said, because, you see, I miss him all the time. In the middle of everything, he just sent a text. I hope you have taken time to fly. I've taken time to rest. Because the petrol tanker that takes petrol from the depot to the filling station, this petrol in his own town. I say, I know that now. Am I a tanker driver? Let your neighbor know. Let me tell you, there are some friends you need. Some of those friends you have are not adding value. There are some friends that you need. The Bible says, He that walketh with the wise, Proverbs 13 20, shall be wise. A companion of fools shall be destroyed. Show me the kind of friends you have, and I'll give you an idea of the kind of person that you are. Get into position to soar. That man always wants me to soar. He puts pressure. It's like putting a pressure on the gas pedal. Always wanting me to soar. He said, Baba, keep getting better. Keep getting better. Keep getting better. Keep getting better. He said, we are here praying for you. We are here. That man is not a minister of the gospel. But you think when God is rewarding me in heaven for everything I've done, the messages I've preached, the life that I've been changed, don't you think the man who puts me under that pressure will also be rewarded? There are people who need to begin to play their roles in your life. Don't try to bring somebody in and throw somebody else away. Everybody in our life is serving a purpose. And you need to understand that with everybody serving their purpose, they are trying to get you to soar. All of these forces are combining to bring out the best in you as to the kind of person God wants you to be. Let me say this again. If you are going to soar, you need energy. There are certain things that create energy. Feeding. Eagle is one of the best fed birds in the world. The eagle feeds well. Feed well. You need to feed yourself. You need to feed yourself with everything that makes for strength production. People tell me, how do you find energy physically? I say, I feed well. When I eat, I eat well. I don't just eat jagwa jagwa. And when I eat, I eat well and I use good vitamins for physical energy. Though the outward man perish. If you know the outward man perish, you have to help it. You need strength to fly. Though that wait upon the Lord shall redeem us. There are certain places you need to keep. You stop going. There are certain people you need to stop seeing because they are a drain of resources. They are a drain of energy. They are a drain Go to places that build you up. Do 20. But you beloved, build it up yourself. On your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. He didn't just say attending prayer meeting. He said you pray in the Holy Ghost. I pray in the Holy Ghost. I eat the word. I study. I meditate. I need the energy. Because if it's the day of adversity. Proverbs 24 10. You fail. is because your strength. Small. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You need strength. There is a song we used to sing in FCS in those days. He said, I have come to you, my Lord. I have come to you, my Lord. I have come to 
my Savior. I have come to renew strength. I have come to you, my Lord. Fasting, praying, scripture study, Bible study, attendance, retreat. Stop spending your time on Facebook instead of facing the book, the Bible. There are certain things you need to remove from your life. If you are going to have time for the things that matter. Everything may not be wrong, but it may not be necessary. There's a difference between what is urgent and what is important. Concentrate on the things that are important. Open your mouth and feed well. Spend quality time before God. Worship. When I got to the hotel yesterday night for 90 minutes, I slept about 4.30 in the morning. Because, you see, worship has a way of feeding you. Praying has a way of feeding you. Studying the scriptures has a way of feeding you. At times all I do is just confess scriptures. At times all I do is just worship. I have an iPod. The old edition. That is 160 gig. I have in it over 20,000 songs. And at times I just sing. I just sing. Yesterday night, after I came back, I just felt like lifting up. You know, I define myself singing. The Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell with you in all wisdom. Teaching and punishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And that has a refreshing effect. I just lift up my hand and worship him. Just worship him. Just all kinds of song. I come into his presence with thanksgiving to his gates with praise. I'm not a good singer in terms of keys. But I can... Make a joyful noise to God. You need strength. The eagle has a lot of strength. Yesterday, someone sent the video. About three days ago, someone sent the video to me, but I don't know whether you see this. Where an eagle was literally carrying a goat. I think I said you that. Eagle, eagle, bird came down and lifted the goat. A whole goat. Big goat. That is strength. Some things don't happen. Look at your neighbor and say, get into position. You cannot feed your body with 300 meals a day and feed your spirit with slacks and go out there and say you are an eagle that you are going to soar. To soar, you need energy. When the aircraft begins to run on the ground, that is normal speed. It changes from normal speed to aerodynamic speed, which is higher than the normal speed it uses. That's when it does what? It takes off from the ground. The power it takes to take off is not the same thing as the power it takes to run on the wrong way. You need power to take off. The power, the battery power, the power of your battery now can only make you walk. It cannot make you fly. You need power to fly. You need power to fly. When you have that power, when you see basketballers who fly in the air, look at where they go in the gym. You see them in the gym carrying weights. I never knew that basketballers went to gym to do weight training. They will lifting weights like this. Basketballers. That is why you see them. They take off from the ground like this. Like the broad James. They fly to the air and they dung it. It takes power to get that done. Romans 13 verse 1. Let every soul be subject to higher powers. There is no power that be except ordained of God. Let me give you two more here. Your money has finished. Have you been blessed in any way? Another thing that you need, if you are going to get into position, 
periodic checkup. You need to examine yourself periodically with God's help. Lamentations 3.40 Examine yourself whether you are in the faith. He said let us try. Let us examine us. Let us examine our ways. Let us return to God. From time to time stop, look and listen. It's very easy to go off course. It's very easy to lose momentum. It's very easy to be distracted. It's very easy to, to assume you are doing the right thing and never really be doing the right thing. Every year from December 23 to December 30, I go for a retreat. I cannot forget one year. I thought I had done so well. I thought I was flying. I thought, you know, I was, you know, soaring. That year I traveled more than ever, preached many new messages, wrote so many books. Then I went to God. I said, God, search me, O God, and know my heart. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. Examine me and know my thoughts. If there is any wicked way in me, tell me the way of life everlasting. I was not expecting God to say anything. God said, take your pen. You know how many things he told me to write down that I was guilty of? 33 things. Only God can see such things. Many of us have been going on for too long in the wrong direction. Psalm 119 verse 59. He said, I thought of my ways and I turned my feet to your testimonies. Examine your doctrine. You know at times I listen to my messages. I just say, I pretend that I'm not the one who preached it. And then I listen say, ah, look at what you are saying. Sincerely. Say, look at it. This thing you are saying is not theologically balanced. Something is wrong with you. I thought of my ways and I turned my feet. If you want to always be swearing from one level to another level to another level to another level, you need to keep getting better. Absorb criticisms because they are your servants. They are your servants. Don't think anybody who criticizes you hates you. In fact, the fact that they can criticize you like that is an opportunity for you to make yourself get better and get better things. I am my own critic. I sit down there and listen to my message and I criticize myself. And then I say, I'm going to repeat that message to correct my errors. Second Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourself whether you are in the faith. When, when I read that scripture years ago, Paul was saying this to the Corinthian Christians. He said, examine yourself whether you are in the faith. You know how be it that Christ dwelleth in you except you want to be reprobate. For once every year, even if you cannot do it every month, stop, look and listen. Every single day I ask myself, how have I spent this day? The last thing I do when I get into my bed every night is I look at the way I've spent my day. Teach us to number our days that you may incline your hearts to wisdom. Don't keep spending every day the same way. Look at the day we spent today. What are those things that wasted your time? Was it traffic? What are those things that wasted your time? An unnecessary visit from a friend. Unnecessary phone calls. You're still on the phone. Hello? Hello? One text, that's all. People know I'm not the kind of person that call and call. I just send text. You send me a text, I read when I can read. But when you're going to say, why did I not pick your call? Why should I pick it? 
I was doing something more important than your call there. And if that's the reason, mark with me, ma. So, buddy, I know where I'm going. Mark with me, ma. You know, that doesn't remove me from the earth. But always examine yourself. Examine your relationship. Are you getting better or getting better? Examine your devotion. Your prayer life. Your ability to cross and remember scriptures. The area of ministry God has called you to. What are you doing of it? There are people with gracious ministry. But they've forgotten their ministry. Paul had to remind somebody. Archippus. Colossians 4.17. He said take heed to the ministry that you have received. That you make a full proof of it. This was somebody who had a ministry. But he was not making a full proof of it. All of these things are getting into position. Without all these things, you may never be sore, able to soar. God has it as his plan. He has made fantastic provision. It's the characteristic of the righteous. But for me to soar, I need to get on the eagle's wing. I need to be in tandem with him. Amos 3.3 Can two work together? Except they be Agreed. One more point here. Another thing that will help you soar. Stop looking at the past. Focus on the future. Forgetting those things which are behind. And reach forth to those things which are before. D.L. Moody says it like this. God has no place in the future. For those who look back, think back, and act back. The past is not as good as the future. When you focus on the past, you put a break on your growth. When you focus on the future, you put a spring in your walk. The future is the best part of your life. Whatever anybody has done to you is in the past. The past is under the blood. I reach forth to those which are before. For here have we no continued city. We seek another to come. I don't let people drag me back into the past. No. You can't. You can't make my past. You can't make my future look by my past. If you don't forget the past, your future will be like your past. Get into position. Some of you need to change your priorities. Need to change your friends. There used to be a friend of mine that I, a leading minister in this country, we are very close. Our wives were close. But you know what? I discovered that whenever we sit down together, we gossip. Evil communication does what? Corrupt good manners. First Corinthians 15:33. I discovered it every time talking about other men of God. Who are thou that judgeth another man's servant? Romans 14:4. So his master, he started to follow. I discovered there were some ministers I did not like because I didn't know them but what he told me about them. He was making me take a reproach against my neighbor. People I did not know. So I made up my mind. I made up my mind. I did not tell him I was going anywhere. But I started reducing the number of contacts. He now said, Baba, answer for me, Abi. Money, no, more can rearrange income. Proverbs 4 5. Get wisdom, get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Proverbs 4 7. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. I started dragging back. He was corrupting my soul. I was now looking at these people and I was not liking them. I was forming opinion and impression about people I did not know. 
The Bible says prove all things and hold fast. When I proved three things that he told me. And I discovered that there was no truth in it. I said this is over. I'm, I'm, not going to, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to allow someone to drag me into what I'm not a part of. You now call and say okay you are there when they said it. So who said what to who. And they said I said. I didn't say what they said. My God. I have too much energy to concentrate on other matters. You know what you are going to do tonight? For those of you who know. That you have been out of position. As I've been speaking, you can see that the great thing God has called you to, you are no longer in position. The great thing God has called you to, you are no longer in position. You see, let me tell you this. The first person who should tell you the truth is yourself. I thought of my ways and I turned my feet. There was a time I knew that financially, I was not responsive. And I had to change. There was a time when I there was a time I knew when it comes to praying, I was not responsive. When it comes to fasting, I was not responsible. When it comes to loving the brethren, I was not responsible. And I had to get back into position. One of the greatest critics of yourself should be yourself. And tonight, you know what I want you to do? Just get back. Tap your neighbor and say, get back. Your say, get back. Come on, tap your and say, get back. Someone here, you've lost your zeal for praying. You know, you used to pray. You were so full of praying, people tapped the grace for praying from you. But now your candle has burnt up. You need to get back to position. If you had been going at that speed that you are going, today you will not be who you are. You need to get back. Tell your neighbor, say, get back. Come on, say, look, so say, get back. Some of you, in your marital relationships, you have abandoned your first love. You have abandoned your first love. Some of you who are members of this church or whatever church you are part of, you discover you have abandoned your first love. Let me tell you this. Nobody can partake of a covenant of a church if you are not well planted. If you are potted, there are potted plants, there are planted plants. Potted plant's ability to reproduce is limited. If you bring a pot and plant a mango inside, it can grow, but it cannot have fruit inside his room. It's potted. The potentials are limited to the pot. But when you are planted, Isaiah 37 verse 31, the remnant of Judah shall yet take root how? Downward and bear fruit what? Upward. Positioned for soil. If you don't get on that wing, you are going to fizzle out. I'm telling you. There were people who never got on the wings. Jonah, fizzled out. Fizzled out. There is nothing in who we are, what we have, that does that makes that that that, that is so great that God cannot replace us. There is nobody God cannot replace. So ego, look at your name and say ego. Learn how to fly or die. And the way to learn to fly, get on the wings. You have been offered a wing. You see, there are ministries today who will have been greater, mightier, but they are not using the wings that they have. I look at one of my sons struggling in London. My son. I looked at him. I was in a minister's conference and he came there, he looked shabby. 
He looked like somebody who's not been kept. He looked orphaned. And I looked at him. I called his name. Say yes, sir. Yes, sir. I looked at him. I said, "Hi, church." Say we are struggling. That they are fighting. I said, "Do you need to fight?" I offered you my wings. I offered you what? My wings. You have been offered a wing here. That's what you don't know. Many of you all those struggle in business is because you are not using the wing. He's offered you. He has scattered the nest. He's fluttering over you. I show you. Hey, this is how to do it. This is how to do it. This is how to be led of the spirit. This is how to pray. This is how to give. And say, ah, I heard what that be free say. When I see wings like my son's wing here, what a privilege. See a wing like this man here, what a privilege. Like Jimmy Terry here, like my deepest here, they offer you wings. You are, you are laboring like an orphan. When you have wings to ride on, because you are not positioned, you don't pay your tithes. You are listening to that, they freeze. They say freeze. You know what freeze means? You're asking stupid questions. I paid 40% of my income as tithe. It means nothing to me what he's talking about. Because I can see it working for me in a dramatic way. I know the difference when I was not doing it and I can see the difference when I'm doing it. You have been offered wings. This conference is a wing. You should not go back to folly. Revive us, oh God. But let us not go back to folly. This conference is wings being offered. You know what you need to do? Jump out and stick to that wing. You see, when the little, when the eaglet jumps out, it holds on to the wings. But that's not holding off. When the person takes you up, 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 yanks you off. They say, hey, I want to know. Oh, Lord Philly, hey, hey. Dives under you. He's just in respite for a while. But as that exercise continues, fasting exercise, praying exercise, serving in that capacity, your wings begin to grow. Your potential is coming to see in the light of day. You are becoming manifest to Israel. What is within is not visible outside. And all you need to do is just stay in there. And take your position on the wings. And after a time on top of the wing. On evil wings. Then you go out by that same. Beside that wings. And then you begin to fly together. You know you begin to fly. You know as Pastor Pastor K here travels. You see some of the people who have been on these wings. They are not traveling with him. Hold the microphone. When I preach in our conference, those who have been on the wings, they come, handle microphone, preach. I sit down, listen, on the wings. But years ago, this is how to do it. This is how to hear the voice of God. This is how God speaks. This is how the leading of the Holy Spirit is. When you are positioned on that wing, that wing is intended to be a blessing to you, not a cause. That discipline is supposed to bring out the best of who you are. 
your life should never be the same again. Tonight, there is going to be a special prayer. If you know that you have been out of position, tonight, God's apostle will lay hands on you. A hand of restoration. Remember the place from when that has fallen. You can even be the pastor here. Your heart has departed. You are a pastor and you know your heart has departed. You got off the wings. You turned the church to a glorified guinea pig laboratory. One member of our church visited one of our churches. He said after being there for 30 minutes, he went outside and looked at the sign again. He said after one hour, one hour, he went out. Ah! I said, why? He said, everything inside is not very much up. He's jumped off the wings. The covenant of a ministry is what will work for you when you pass for that church. Not who you are or what the books you have read. Les Brown. Lead this, lead that. And all the 12 laws of leadership. Listen to me. If you get 90% in church planting, you can get zero in practical church planting. I've taught people in Bible school for years of my life. And I teach them. I said, after all this, go out there. You will learn the real thing. You could be a pastor in this ministry, but you know you have disconnected. It happens. Nothing is wrong with repenting. Remembering the price, you have fallen. You get back into position. You boasted with your mouth that this is the place where I ought to be. This is what I should be doing. But you are not doing it. You are out of position. You know what? You can never sow. You can never sow. You can never sow like that. The covenant of this ministry will work for you. Because there is an agreement between the leadership, leadership of this ministry and God. And for as long as you are in position... You will see, you see, you will see sitting down what those who are standing can never see. Because you are in position. So get into position. The prayer tonight will be for those people who say, yes, I know that I'm not in position. This is not a night to be ashamed. Close your eyes, everyone. The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere, Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.